What's going on, guys? AJ here, back again with another episode of the E1B2 podcast. I am so honored to bring you guys Jessica Hollingsworth. And Jessica, if I am pronouncing your name incorrectly, please don't kill me. I am trying my very best. But today, she brought it, guys. She provided so much amazing information. Jessica is uh, someone that brings a lot of structure and strategy to the world of career coaching, to the world of strength coaching. Uh, she provides so many different perspectives that I personally didn't know, so many different frameworks, so many different tactics and tools and resources that I know for a fact anyone looking to create more opportunities in their overall career, anyone looking to go inside of a company and really make a change and really make a dent and find the organizations that really fit best for them. I know for a fact, Jessica can help, but I know for a fact, me and Jessica together on this podcast really brought it today. Um, I was excited and hyped as always, but Jessica did an amazing job balancing my unnecessary animated spirit and really bring some practicality and some great tips. So again, Jessica, thank you so much. You were amazing today. And I hope everyone enjoys today, today's podcast. I hope everyone enjoys Jessica's perspectives and go find her on LinkedIn, message her, uh, reach out to her, connect with her a little bit more. And um, we'll definitely talk soon, guys. Thanks a lot, Jessica. And enjoy, guys. Um. Yeah, so I really appreciate you you joining uh, this podcast today. I know it's been uh, I know it's been a while here trying to get us get us on board. There were a couple things happening on both ends, but I'm glad that we finally made it. Um, I guess you know, for me, every time I listen to a podcast, I always tell people, I uh, and I don't want to seem rude to you or anyone else, but me personally, when I listen to podcasts, I I don't like hearing a you know 35 minute background story. Um, and then, and sure. then five minutes of content. Um, I typically uh-huh. hear that a lot. So if you can just briefly maybe give us, uh, you know, just who you are, what your name is. Obviously, I haven't even, even introduced you yet. So, um, you know, who you are and, and, and what you do. And um, yeah, I guess there's maybe even something that uh, something that's interesting to you um, as of late. I think that's something I kind of want to start sprinkling in. I want to kind of get a good understanding of something that is interesting or top of mind in uh, your personal life or just something you're seeing in the world or and maybe not something you're seeing in the world because the world's not so interesting right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting, not in great, great ways sometimes, but uh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Give us a background. Okay. Yeah. My name is Jessica Hollingsworth and I um, am the owner of Five Wire Coaching. So I coach clients that's very strength-based. So helping people understand how they're wired. And I use that um, often and most of my clients are career-based, trying to figure out what role is best for them and apply that to work context and, and career coaching kind of context. But I also do some business coaching as well with that um, and work with realtors since I have a little bit of that background. So I have my own kind of unique background. I started out in counseling and then done everything from real estate to working at a university um, and, and in a marketing company. So I have, I've done some career transitions myself, so I know how that goes, but I've, um, yeah, I love helping people kind of get, get on their own path and figure out how to use their background to their advantage, even if they're switching directions. Um, something top of mind personally, I think, um, you know, I think even just your conversations with me have, have inspired me a little bit too. And I've been just playing around with thinking about how, um, yeah, how we just get more creative um, with the job hunt and with um, 
just even how we present ourselves and like um I know you're passionate about changing that and making it more in depth um as far as what uh we're presenting to employers and and just how um yeah how we can show personality and how we can um just embrace and communicate more of who we are to employers and make that conversation a little more rich um opposed to just like a very boring straightforward you know resume and cover letter kind of the standard formulas that you see a lot so that's something on that end um yeah then that personally I don't know it's it's uh you know with everything going on there's not too much excitement just uh trying to balance staying safe but still living my life I guess yeah I 100 percent. I definitely get that and uh I definitely appreciate your your background there it's uh it's been a lot of a lot of bouncing around and I don't want to be rude here, but uh, assuming based off of your picture, you can't be you can't be anything older than thirty four. So <laughs> you're pretty close. I'm thirty three. So yeah, I'm turning thirty four in December. So you're spot on. Got it. So yeah, I'm. I'm I usually have a good gauge now. I joke mm-hmm. around with people with me. Um, I tell people all the time. I look like I'm forty nine, and I'm actually like uh, I'm actually. I told you how old I am. Actually, have I? Uh, if you did, I don't remember, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, got it. So I'm only 30 years old. So I'm, I'm, uh, gotcha. I'm young. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah. but I look like I'm, uh, 49. So I always joke around people. They see my picture. <laughs> they assume I'm in my, at least my late mid thirties, you know, your 36 is your 37. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, just, uh, just turn 30. So, um, but well, I, you know, I know. I know some people, I know some people, um, want to look younger and most people are kind of in that boat, but I've always found, I was like, I almost, I'm okay if I looked a little older because most people think I'm younger than I am even. And so, um, I feel like it's, you know, can be an advantage that people think you're more established or, you know, take you a little more seriously if you don't look uh, like you're in your twenties. Yeah, that's fair. And, And I also think, um, I mean, I started my career so young, you know, at, at 19, when I when I started my business and started doing some things, uh, it kind of sped up the process of not only my maturity, but just um, maybe my, the wrinkles in my face. I don't have any wrinkles in my face, but um, <laughs> maybe the, no, I just, just I started the process so, so young. So mm-hmm. um, I, I do kind of look at myself as a, let's call it a 35 or a 36 year old, because typically, you know. A lot of kids these days are electing to maybe not go to the traditional university route, but a lot of my friends kind of growing up, you know, they went and got their, um, went, went and got their bachelor's and then a lot of them also mm-hmm. went, and went to graduate school. And so they really didn't get going until 25-ish, 26-ish. So mm-hmm. um, they're just kind of four or five years in and I'm kind of mm-hmm. like your old man over here and I've been kind of getting, <laughs> getting at it since 19. So it was a little different, but um, sure. I'm glad that you said something that I've been talking about is kind of been top of mind for you. I, I guess we'll start down that rabbit hole. Um, you know, I guess for me, when I originally came to you just to connect and, and, and learn from you, um, it came from a place of just trying to understand what we can do to help employees understand more about who they are not Mm -hmm. not in the terms of not in the terms of the personal level as well as the professional level but learn a little bit more about who they are as it pertains to how they fit into an organization and what they actually deserve and what they expect right 
you know, mm-hmm. when I, and so when I first met you, I know I, I kind of talked to you a little bit about, you know, why, why, you know, why shouldn't employees have a little bit more, and I'll just use the word a little bit more ego, a little bit more self-respect, a little bit more mm-hmm. um, intentionality when it comes to, you know, understanding decision-making process that really work well for them or understanding how much autonomy mm-hmm. they do or do not want or understanding, you know, what type of culture and environment they're looking to work in, what type of leaders they work well with and why, and what these personalities are and, um, you know, what type of projects they need to work on and how they and how those projects are connected to long-term goals and being completely selfish to that and, and not being afraid to tell a company like, look, you know, I'm looking for this type of a learning and development program. I'm looking for this type of a mentorship program. I'm looking for this type of, mm-hmm. you know, tactical experiences um, over the next couple of years of me being here. I inevitably want to get to this point. Can you walk me through how you guys career map? Can you walk me through how you guys develop IDP plans? And, and as I got mm-hmm. into having a lot of conversations with not just you, but a lot of people, I realized two things. I realized, number one, uh, this is just not happening, number one. And then number two, what I realized is that a lot of employees don't even know that they deserve or should you, or even should be asking those type of questions or should be pulling that, t- that context out, you know. Um, and, I, and, and what I wanted to do, uh, and I know I'm going long-winded here, but I'm trying to give you all the context. We haven't talked in a while. Um, sure. What, what I wanted to do is I wanted to also get, out, get outside of our bubble. I really look mm-hmm. at me, you, and other people like us in a bubble. And what I mean by that is this is all we do. All we do all day long is we talk to other people about whether it's HR or leadership or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, employee experience or, or coaching or, you know, resumes. And like, we're in a bubble, right? Like, so these things are very natural to us and we naturally have these things top of mind. But when I started talking to my girlfriend or my mother or my best friend or, or, or homies I grew up with that are just having regular jobs at regular companies and not really too worried about kind of ambitions in life, I started realizing that, huh, there's like a whole nother world out here, people that don't even realize and understand these buzzwords, what have you been talking about? They don't know what an IDP plan is. They don't know what mm-hmm. the word career mapping means and the responsibility that, that a manager should have and that, 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 that kind of experience. They don't, right. they don't know that a leader, um, that a leadership personality is something that they should try to gauge in the beginning phases and make sure that it's going to blend well with them. And if it doesn't blend well, then they should try to plan an exit plan rather than just endure the mental pain and endure the uncomfortability <laughs> of it. Um, right. So I don't know, like I, that, that's my little rant here. And, and I'll tell you about what I've been <laughs> working on um, as of late, because uh, I'll be very honest with you. I, I, I took a little bit of a pivot towards something I'm calling Beyond Brand Studios, which I'll give you a little bit of an insight on, not necessarily Beyond Resume, but I'll tell you why. Um, but I'll pause that for a moment because I've been talking a lot. So please give me give me any <laughs> high-level perspectives or thoughts that you have about everything I just talked about kind of set in the context of this this conversation. Yeah, I definitely think for whatever reason, probably a lot of reasons, there's been like this this power imbalance. I don't know how the best word to say it, but um, basically that, you know, people, job hunters are kind of perceiving themselves as in this position of not having any power and that all the cards are in 
the employer's hands and that there's all this competition and they have to kind of say the right thing and tell the employer exactly what they want to hear in order to get the job. And um, so it's very off balance in that way. And so I think people, yeah, they don't think long-term. They think about like, I really need a job. And so if this job description sounds good, then I'm just going to do everything I can to impress um, instead of necessarily diving in and making it a two-way street um, of asking questions about, um, yeah, just really digging into their end of like, what are you offering me as well? You know, this this should be mutually beneficial. Um, and so I definitely encourage uh, my clients to think of it that way. And, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, in any kind of sense of, you know, well, you know, you you should try to, you know, press me or like, I don't know, I think especially, you know, I work with a lot of women and we have this, um, I think it's even harder for women to really assert themselves and have that confidence to, um, to say like, yeah, you need to give me something back too. It's just culturally not how we're tend to be trained. And it's not, you know, to say that for all women, but I've seen that trend a little bit. And um, I think they just need to know that it's okay to, to say, hey, this is really what I'm needing too. And, um, and just to ask thoughtful questions about what, what is offered there and, um, and what the personality styles are, what the culture is like, what the, um, yeah, just like you're talking about, what's the career development, what's the long-term plan for them, where's the potential. So I think all of those things are really important, but the mindset of most um, employees is just that the employer has the power and they have to kind of impress them and not worry as much about what they're needing and which is unfortunate before i because everything you said is 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 perfect right so before i jump to what i decided to do to try to tackle this problem on the Mm -hmm. other end tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit more about like a little bit more at a micro level of what maybe you do or what yeah, what you do with with clients and just employees at an individual level what they can do to think through these questions and think through these scenarios because that's mm-hmm. where I felt fa- because that was where I be- was originally trying to go with the beyond resume sure. concept is <clears throat> I realized and thought about how a lot of employees don't even I, I don't even think they know how to sequence the thoughts right and put them mm-hmm. in a sequence in a format and actually sit down with a nice cup of coffee or tea or in front mm-hmm. of an ocean, you know, I don't know, like whatever <laughs> format they need to do to kind of meditate and really get into that, you know, uh, deep thought process. What, uh, what suggestion do you have? Because I don't know, do you, do you think it's a skill? Do you think it's something, are there frameworks? Like talk to me about what you're, what you're thinking that can help these employees kind of think through these things. Sure. I mean, I think there's two aspects is one is just that education that it's okay to think about that. And it's, it's important to think about that. And you shouldn't just be thinking about what do I need to tell them to make them want to hire me, but what do I want to find out about this company and the people that work there to figure out if it's a fit for me. So that's like kind of the first thing is just realizing that that's important before you go in there, especially at the interview uh, stage. Um, and then the second thing is I um, just, you know, I go in depth with this with, with my clients, but you can just do this on your own as well of just, um, yeah, that reflection of, I tell people to think back, you know, you can really be over your whole life, not even just work context, but what are activities that you enjoy doing? And when you do them, you feel energized, naturally motivated, you know, you feel like you're 
doing well at them and trying to really identify those and pinpoint those things and not even broad things of like, oh, I've enjoyed being an accountant or I've enjoyed um, being a brand manager, but like specifically within those roles, what are the specific times, the tasks, the activities, the projects that you enjoyed the most? And then looking at those and looking for patterns across them, like what is the consistency across these different things that I enjoy doing? Um, and then breaking down, okay, what what did I find motivating about those projects? Um, and I think that's a great starting point for self-reflection of breaking down, um, you know, what what does motivate you and what you like working on. And um, that can bring a lot of clarity. Um, And you can even do that as far as like you're talking about with manager personalities, like who have I worked well with in the past? Well, you know, and what's consistent about them and um, you know, what that dynamic was like, or how did they um, approach me if there was a problem or conflict and how did that go? So um, yeah, I think um, just like you're saying, taking that time with hot, drink and um reflecting and finding those patterns um because a lot of people um, they might know some things that they're good at but um sometimes i'm 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 honestly surprised i mean even with myself i'll just admit that um clearly you know you mentioned my job transitions were quite a bit and um part of that was um i could do a lot of things and i think there was a strand of my core skill sets that were that I used to my advantage in all those different jobs but i don't think i really understood what that how to describe that and i thought i knew myself well i liked taking personality tests i thought that stuff was always fun because i was a psychology major and all of that but really getting to that core of what my giftings were um once i saw that then it was more clear for me how do i find that in my next role or how do I enhance that and how to, you know, what's the right perfect formula of what's going to make me satisfied at work and, and to do well. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I, how I look at it and how I start with people to really dig into that um, understanding. No, that, that was amazing. Again, that was perfect because there's, because what I'm hearing is there's two, there's two frameworks. There's two ways to look at it, right? There's two things to mm-hmm. look at. There's, there's, there's one way, which is, you know, what are the tasks? Wh- what's the role? What are the experiences uh, that I know I'm not only great at, but I want to continue to work on and work at because it inevitably adds up to another angle or another role in life, right? Mm-hmm. So having yeah. clarity around that, and then not being afraid to communicate that to a leader is something mm-hmm. that every single employee needs to do. And then on the flip side, the reaction of that employee, uh, the reaction of that leader, when an employer articulates that, you have to be very careful. You have to look. You have, and, and I'll give you guys a very personal example. Um, before COVID-19 hit, I was an employee. Now, when COVID-19 mm-hmm. hit, uh, like many entrepreneurs do, when the world's on fire, that person decides to start a business. So uh, that's what I decided to do. The whole world's uh-huh. on fire. The economic stance of this company is the worst it's been in 10 years. And I'm like, it's the perfect time to start a business. Let's do it. <laughs> so uh, that's me. But before that, I had a job. And when I walked mm-hmm. into that first interview, I, I slid something. And again, this is the thought this was going to be kind of a beyond resume-esque type document but i slid across something that i called my ideal role and one of the and one mm-hmm. of the one of the components of that my ideal role kind of document that i slid across was very much connected to 
inevitably where I wanted to go. I made it incredibly clear that my goal is to inevitably be the uh, the chief people officer like I am right now, like I'm applying for at this company, but either at this company at a scale of three, four, five hundred employees or inevitably mm-hmm. another company at a much bigger scale. And then I even broke down all the different things that I do well that I want my role to look like. And that's it. And then I want to build a team around me. It was very, very detailed. And mm-hmm. it was something that threw off the manager at a level that he, I don't know, I don't think he expected. And honestly, mm-hmm. during the duration of my time with that company, it was a, a seesaw between he very much appreciated my intentionality, but I think it, I think it intimidated him. I think because I don't think, because what I've noticed is a lot of companies aren't prepared for employees like that. They're not prepared for employees that are so intentional. They're prepared. You know, you know what companies are prepared to do? They're prepared to pull, push and pull employees in a direction that only provides them what they need. Sure. Right. They're not, they're not, they're not prepared to react to the intentionality of an employee. And that's what I came. So when I came across again, I said, look, I'm applying for this role, but in the ideal in the ideal world, I want this role to be at a company of this X size and doing these number of tasks. And so I literally broke down tasks and problems I know for a fact I can solve. And I wrote down a big, big, big bucket list and I just started ranting off mm-hmm. some. And then I said, here are some tasks that I would love to continue to work on because I want to stay sharp. And that was and that part was the one that threw him off a lot. I would push my way into high-level executive meetings. I would push my way into the branding <laughs> meetings, the marketing meetings, the operation. I would push my, I said, I need to stay sharp. I said, I'm a, I'm a former entrepreneur. I know every single function of this business. For my goal long-term, I know the importance of having a seat at the table for my role. I need to stay sharp. I cannot get pigeonholed in the people operations bucket for the next 18 months and let my skills go to waste and let my skills dissolve i gotta stay sharp i gotta keep the iron hot and uh mm-hmm. that was a part that really threw him off because he was so used to employees that are um that are very much uh yes sir yes ma'am i will right. do this i will do that um right. do you have any thoughts on the intentionality and let's call it what it is the aggressiveness of my nature do you think now, one thing I know is not every employee needs to do that, but can you give us some tips or advice on a neutral way for everyone to do what I did? Because I do think what I did is a little, little aggressive, but um, <laughs> what, what tips can you give to everyone to take what I did and kind of keep it a little bit more neutral? Yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, everyone's different in their comfort level and how their personalities are and what their approach is. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're right that, you, you know, threw him off a little because I'm sure that's pretty rare for um, employees to feel that that confidence going in but I think it's great that you did that and you're just upfront about it and what I've seen in my experience too I think this is the first thing I tell people too is um, employers even if that may have thrown him off a little bit I think in the end they do appreciate it and I've had very positive responses when I've um, 
told employers, like, this is what I'm looking to do and this is what I'm passionate about or this is what I want to do more of or less of. Um, and I found that they they appreciate that feedback because they're kind of guessing too. Um, and they're like, okay, I see this. You're good at this thing, but they don't know if you really enjoy it or not. And um, I think, I, I don't know, maybe I've just been very lucky and this might not be every employer, but the ones I've worked with have been like, okay, yeah, let's figure out how to get you there. And especially if you're contributing to the company and you're um, a valued employee to them and they're showing your your worth like they're going to want to keep you and so um if they hear that you have things and you want to contribute more or that you you know aren't feeling satisfied for some reason a lot of times they do want to make those adjustments and help you get there um so i think you know just helping people understand that can kind of reduce some of the fears of stepping out and doing that um I think also just, I think the easiest way to do that, I mean, if, if your company has some sort of, you know, check-in process, you know, a lot of companies have, you know, yearly reviews or quarterly reviews or just one-on-one meetings with managers, like those are good opportunities to talk about, um, you know, what your, your goals are and um, what, how you'd like to progress within a company. And, and I think it's just sharing that and just saying, Hey, you know, like I'm really, and you can start with positive. I mean, this is just a good, life skill of always you can sandwich um you know positive and then the negative and then the positive again and start with like hey here's the things I'm really enjoying I'd like to do more of that um is there opportunities for that um here's some areas where like I haven't had the opportunity to do x y and z but I'd really you know is there some opportunities where you think we could weave that into my role or into my experience. Um, I really like to grow with this company. So if you kind of even just frame it as like I want this win-win it's not just about you know, me getting what I want, but it's, I also think I can give to the company and use these skills or, or that this, um, you know, if you invest in me, I can invest back in the company in an even greater degree. And so I think if you kind of frame the conversation that way, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's not a negative thing at all. You know, it's, it's positive for both parties. Let's, let's dive down even another rabbit hole in this, in this, okay. in this conversation. So, so you on the back half of this this uh that that beautiful rant you just gave that was a, <laughs> uh you started getting really really practical right so you started talking about quarterly kind of conversations yearly kind of reviews or one on ones and what they should be saying and how to frame those conversations. One thing that I've realized throughout my career is I take a very independence entrepreneurial um. F you to the man approach <laughs> where, <laughs> where because you know call me call me negative Nancy call me I've had bad experiences but I but, but I've also researched a lot I have probably at this point tens of thousands of hours of research and a lot mm-hmm. of connections and a lot of kind of conversations and I'm when I'm in a lot of data that's just out there in the world about this and one thing that I'm realizing is again I hate to keep going back to this but a lot of companies, it behooves them to be very intentional around where they push and pull employees to go for what mm-hmm. they need to get done. And so mm-hmm. at a very tangible level, what do you say to an employee that follows the, the instructions that we just gave, right? Mm-hmm. They've done the hard work around projects they want to work on. They understand the decision-making frameworks they have. They understand, you know, their idea role, the tasks they want to work on and why they want to work on them and where they want to be within the company and inevitably where they want to go long-term in their career. They understand these things. 
they've communicated these things in a one-on-one. They've communicated these things in an email. It's called it two weeks after the one-on-one. They communicated these things directly to uh, another ancillary manager that they have a good relationship with to kind of pass on the information up the ranks to the inevitable decision maker. Now we're talking, now we're talking 60 days. 60 days mm-hmm. has passed. Nothing has changed. Nothing mm-hmm. has been adjusted. You know, they are mm-hmm. now beginning to feel like they are talking on uh, on deaf ears. Sure. What? 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 Because this is because this is this tends to be, and I'm so I'm so glad, and I am uh, I am looking up to the heavens right now. So thankful that you experienced really great managers, but I don't yeah. think that's the norm. I, I would mm-hmm. I, I I just don't think it is. I think data leads to that. That is not the case. Um, sure. So, so what do you say then? What do you say to an employee then where, because he, here's the fine line, Jessica, and I don't want to, I'm sorry, I always go long winded, but here's the fine line. <laughs> I want to give you all the context. Here's the fine line. The fine line is, okay, you're not getting treated poorly. You're not mm-hmm. getting, you're not getting anyone. You're not, you know, you're not being talked to disrespectfully. You're not getting paid poorly. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not, you're not, um, you're not, you know, having disrespectful or, 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 or violent or uncomfortable conversations with your direct leader or fellow coworkers. So for, for the culture that people think is culture, it looks great at the surface, mm-hmm. but what you know internally is that you've had very intentional conversations around where you need to be and what you need to be involved in and those Mm -hmm. things aren't happening which you and i both know can over time start to spoil the mind and start to spoil the energy that you have and start to spoil your perception of the brand Mm -hmm. what's what's next what does that employee do next when those things are happening because again at a surface level everything looks great so someone from the outside looking in could be like what are you complaining about everything's fine Mm -hmm. what do you say Well, I think, you know, again, everyone's different as far as what they care about. There are some people that don't even care about this conversation that you and I are having and they're fine to like, they want their paycheck. Work is work. They care more about getting a good paycheck and going home and they want to keep it simple. But if you are that person that has that desire to move forward and grow and um, you're looking for certain things out of your employer, and you're not getting it. um, I mean, it's okay to, to start looking around, you know, and just to start thinking about how you can address um, these things in interviews, you know, at the next, you know, at other companies to kind of really try to dig deep and figure out, can I find that place where these opportunities are available to me? But I will say too, you know, I think there's two maybe main reasons why managers might not help you move forward in something. One is, you know, and you can address them differently depending on which of these it is, because there could be one aspect of they're just busy and it's not on their priority list. And so it's not that they don't want to help you get there or that they don't think it's you know possible, but it's just not part of their pressing agendas and they have their own pressures and things going on. Um, and so it might just take more of your initiative and you asking them like, what can I do to start this process and get them to commit to like a clear next step of, um, you know, if I, I cre- what's that? Sure. I'm sorry. I was going to say, can I pause you right there? Cause you made yeah. a really good point. So 
so this and I, I don't want to get I don't want to drift. So I promise I'll keep this rolling. <laughs> um, this kind of gets into the work that we do with the E1B2 Collective and the work that I believe in, which is mm-hmm. I know that's true, right? What you're saying because a manager has so many other tactical, you know, bare bones of their job title deliverables mm-hmm. that caring for their people and doing tasks that are not directly going to benefit the manager and their bottom line and their deliverables um, comes a little bit secondary. And it's not because they're a bad person. It's because of the way that their job was designed. Right. What I want to say if, cause I know a lot of different people listen to this. What I want to say, if a CEO or a CMO or someone at that high level C-suite level are listening to this right this second, that is a flaw in the design of that role for the manager. What we, sure. what, what me and my partners always plead and beg companies to do is that should be in the deliverable. That should be mm-hmm. in the what, what you judge a good or bad manager is in is how much support and intentionality they are providing to their direct reports. What are you mm-hmm. doing to help your direct reports navigate? and be flexible throughout the company and pivot throughout the company and make impact at a macro level for the company overall, not just, not just make sure that their deliverables are turned in on time and your deliverables are turned in on time Mm -hmm. and you guys are doing the bare minimums. It should very much be into those EQ personal development, allowing your people, helping your people intentionally grow and doing things of that nature. So that should be in the deliverable, but we, we, you and I both know, 90% 90% of the companies don't have it inside of a manager's deliverable. Any thoughts on that? And I'll continue to go. I just had to get that out. Yeah. And I think a lot of managers, even if they wanted to, or even if that was kind of something they're supposed to be doing, are they really even trained to do that? Do they even yeah. have that skill set? Because a lot of managers are promoted based on are they good at the technical role and where they, if they performed as individual, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean they know how to coach other people and, and elevate them and, help them progress their career because that's a totally different role than whatever technical role they may have been doing previously. Um, so yeah, I don't know that. They, so a hundred percent, they, in theory, you know, they should be, um, that should be a big part of what they're doing. And I, I do see a, a shift. Um, I don't know, you know, uh, I still, we have a long way to go, but I do see companies thinking in this mindset a little bit more. I think, you know, our generation is demanding it a little bit more um, and expecting it a little bit more of this two-way street. And so we're um, wanting fulfillment in our work. And so that that desire is kind of starting to bubble up a little bit. Um, but there's still a lot of companies that are kind of the traditional, you know, managers tell you what to do and keep you on track and make sure, you're, like you're saying, get the deliverables there. But um, that's why, you know, again, it you know, there's always option to move around, but as you're saying, you know, there's a lot of, you know, grass isn't always greener. <laughs> there's a lot of companies that are going to struggle with this. And so, um, you know, you can look around and try to find something, but, you know, if that's hard to find in your industry, then it's a matter of how do you um, take the initiative yourself to and, and bridge that gap and say, you know, and kind of guide the, the manager as much as you need to be like, hey, look, I'm really serious about this, but I want to make it as easy on you as possible. I know you have, you know, and just acknowledging that they have other pressures and they might not know how to do this best, but, you know, making your own suggestions of like, can I do this? Can I do that? Like, or is there a person at this company, if you don't have time to, to help me with this, is there somebody else on our team that, 
you think would be a good resource for me to help me move this forward or, um, or just finding that um, maybe that place of uh, intersection between the types of things that you want to do and push forward and experiences you want and what their problems are. Cause then if you're solving one of the manager's pain points and struggles or something, they're trying to get off the ground or something they're um, getting pressure to do and you can solve it with, by, you know, contributing the types of projects and tasks and whatever else experiences that you want to do, then now you've come to this place where it's win-win again, you know, and it's, um, you're solving their pain and and they're solving your pain. And so if you kind of can think creatively and, and find that, um, you know, so maybe that even starts with asking them like, Hey, what are your biggest, you know, projects right now? What is, what are you getting pressure for? What is, what are things you are needing to see um, happen within our department or our team? And then when they communicate that, then you can maybe say, Hey, well, here's how I think I can contribute to that. And then you, if you can find some way to use your strengths to help with that, then that kind of might open up that opportunity. And they see you as not somebody adding something new to their plate, even though, as you said, maybe that should be on their plate, but they don't see it that way, but not adding something new to their plate, but actually, relieving some of their pain points um and then it really can become collaborative in that sense 100 percent. and i think um you said a couple things there that that wants me to take a slight little pivot that i think uh were some other topics that i i know i promised we would get to which is um you know let's say let's say let's say they've done those all those things and it still doesn't work out for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and they are very much like me where they're like you know because that's what I'm really trying to push for employees to do. And again, like you said, not every employee is going to be that gung-ho or that confident, really, to do this. Mm-hmm. But what I'm really trying to push people to do is, um, you know, I used to say this a lot. And, and please, I'm going to try to be very careful with how I spit this out. Because I got myself into a lot of hot waters before. So I'm going to be very <laughs> careful. You know, I would much rather... I'm pausing here because I want to see how I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, post pre-COVID and post COVID, let's call it another 18 months from now, because I think the world's going to look really funny for another 18 months or so. Sure. So post COVID, like let's call it two years, guys. And then pre-COVID. All right. Um, I used to say a lot. I would much rather. And this goes for a husband or a wife with kids. This goes for a single person. This goes for anyone. I would much rather see someone be very clear and intentional about what they deserve and what they expect and what they will only accept in a very, you know, modest and and, and, and empathetic way and leave an organization and Mm -hmm. do the number of things in life that are now available to us to make sure that the bare bones of their bills and their lifestyles are taken care of. Mm-hmm. while they go and search for that next thing. That's what mm-hmm. I personally would like to see more people do. I have complete empathy. Please don't understand. There's, oh, don't like misunderstand. Like I have complete empathy for people that do not, right? Because circumstances are real out here, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I completely right. understand people that don't. But for the, let's call it the 25% of people that are like, you know what? You're right. There are DoorDashes and Ubers and eBay hustles and like, and not even the entrepreneurial or, 
or subcontracted or not even stuff like that. Let's get into another conversation, which is you can do other jobs that are not anywhere connected to your goals or connected to your typical background just to get the bills paid, but just to get not to burn time being inside of a company that is not going to do what you really need them to do while you search for the next thing. So you don't even have to really go the subcontracting entrepreneurial route. You can do some other things. But what I'm trying to lead up to is let's say someone takes me up on that advice and they're getting their bills paid in other ways for let's call it three months and they're looking for another thing. One of the mm-hmm. topics that we have down here is a new approach to um, the interview process. And when you're actually getting into an interview, making it a two-way conversation, having it be a two-way street. Talk to me about what you meant when you sent that topic over to me. Uh, or maybe I brought that topic up. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> either one of us. Uh, talk to me about what a two-way conversation looks like in an interview process on the backs of that example I just gave. Because now you got to realize, right, now the kind of the... the the framework I'm trying to set up is they have Mm -hmm. now decided to leave a company because they want to be intentional. They're very clear on all the specs that we've talked about over the course of this podcast. How do they articulate it? What's the two-way conversation framework of the interview? Dive in. Mm -hmm. Well, I always like, you know, so if they, if they started with that, you know, they have that clarity, like you're talking about really making that list of, what am I looking for? Being clear about that. And when it comes to tasks, projects, managers, you know, even just practical benefits, you know, perks, whatever it is that they're, they're looking for. Um, and just having that ready, um, you know, in their mind, maybe even just on paper. And then I think, you know, there's probably, again, there's different styles of how people do that. I know you like to just lay it all out there and I think that's great. And, but if some people want to just weave it in a little more slowly, what you can do is just, um, take each bullet point and turn it into a question, you know? And um, so one I always tell clients to ask is how is success measured in this role? Because I think that will tell you a lot about how they motivate people, how they measure things, what their priorities are, what the role actually does, which sometimes isn't the same as what they presented as. So that gives you some clarity. Um, You know what, and you can ask questions like, okay, what are the common projects or what is, is there flexibility to do other things, kinds of things or like, I'm really interested in doing X, Y, and Z, you know, is there opportunity, how would that be received at your company? Like, how would that be weaved in? Is that part of this role? Um, How do you motivate your employees? So just kind of having, being prepared with those questions and then you just kind of listen for if their answers match what you're looking for. And so it's just a little bit of self-disclosure and a little bit of just asking questions. And, and I think the neat thing is it can actually give you opportunities to, to lead the conversation a little more instead of just responding to what they are asking you about, you get to bring up different things. Um, So if you're a very driven person, you say like, how do you, you know, I'm very driven by X, Y, and Z. How does, you know, um, how would that go at this company? How would, um, how would you manage me in that scenario? And, and then you get to share something like, yeah, I'm really driven. And they might not have asked you about that, but now you're sharing something that they might find valuable, but they, for whatever reason, didn't think to ask you. Or when you say like, I have these um, passion projects, I'm, you know, these things I like to weave in these ways I like to grow. You're, you're showing that initiative that, um, you know, that entrepreneurial mindset, or, you know, you're kind of just, again, giving them even more reasons to, you know, 
to want to hire you. So it's kind of, again, win-win. Or if it's way off, then they're actually, you know, you're doing them a you're doing yourself a favor by getting them to rule you out. If you're like, they're just like, Ooh, that's not at all what, what um, we're looking for, or what we're about. So um, I guess that's a rambling way to answer your question, no, no, but no. I think that the two things are just, yeah, self dis like a little bit of self-disclosure on those things and weaving it in as topics come up in the, in the questions and then asking questions back and not being afraid to, to, to dive in deeper to what they're telling you. Go, go maybe for another 20 seconds or go, go for 20 seconds or so, rather go a little bit deeper on the, uh, on that very last part. Um, cause I'm going to talk to you about this beyond brand studios initiative. That is, that is, uh, moving and rolling right now. That is actually happening. Mm-hmm. I, I tried really hard to find a way for this beyond resume thing to work. Um, I just, I'll talk to you about that maybe at a personal level, but, um, Talk, go down the rabbit hole of the very last thing you said, which is once you explain these things, it actually may, you actually may realize this actually, this company is not the place for you. Talk, mm-hmm. Go down that rabbit hole and try to motivate or inspire or calm the mind of someone that inevitably will be listening to this around making sure they don't look at that as a waste of time. I yeah. think that mm-hmm. is the greatest thing. Like if that happened in an interview and you, and you got all dressed up and you feeling good and you're walking in and you're excited and now what do happen, that is the greatest thing that ever could have happened to you because here's mm-hmm. what the reverse could have happened. The reverse that could have happened. And I want to get your thoughts on this too, Jess, because I, I know this may or may not happen. You seem like, you seem like a much more, I am a gloomy, sad old man. <laughs> you seem like a much more positive person, but I've seen the opposite. And the opposite mm-hmm. looks very much the same. It's just disguised. The opposite mm-hmm. is a manager or a leader, whoever's you know interviewing you, actually is not candid enough, not honest enough, not transparent enough to tell sure. you that this is not the place that does that. And they'll just BS you. They'll just shake sure. their head and they'll nod their head. And then the worst case scenario, which I hate the most, is that a company, an employee gets into a company and it's 45 days in, and they're like, holy crap, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, motivate someone, make someone feel better about, <laughs> um, about you know, how that is the greatest thing that could happen, and that I don't know if you have any thoughts on how companies disguise themselves and are not transparent and not going to adamantly say this is not the place that does that. Yes. Well, you might not, they might not say it directly, you know, to your point, like there might be a little bit of hedging as well on that. Um, but the one thing I actually give this advice on both ends, like when I'm seeing people interview, uh, you know, potential employees and then employees interviewing um, to start more open-ended. So I, I do think, you know, self-disclosure can be helpful. Again, if you, if you are feeling like it's a fit to, kind of give them more information about yourself but the initial questions um the more open-ended it is and not giving away what you're wanting them to say that will have to force them to elicit a more honest response so i see interviewers kind of make this mistake too of they'll tell people like i'm looking for people who are really loyal are you loyal and it's like what are they going to say no like exactly. <laughs> of course they're going to tell you what you're in here so the same thing i think goes this way as well of starting out more 
broad of how do you motivate your employees, you know, and then that may, forces them, they could still make something up because they're like, oh yeah, we beat them into the ground, but they're not going to say that. So you're not, uh, you know, necessarily always going to get a hundred percent the right answer. But if they say something that's neutral, cause there's, there's a lot of ways to motivate people. And some of it, it, all of them are kind of like, there's several that are neutral. They're not good or bad. It's just a matter of preference or what works for you. So they might say something that's not negative per se, but it's not the best fit for you. And so that's where even in your mind, you can start to clarify, um, you know, okay, that their answer didn't align with what I was hoping they would say. Um, and so that you can even rule out for yourself. Um, or you can push back a little even to get, ask them specifics, like, t- you know, like they do f- to you. Again, it's like just flipping the, the script on them. They'll ask you, like, give me an example of when you did blah, blah, blah. And so you say, like, give me an example of when you're, you did this with an employee and how that turned out, you know, and then see if they can give something concrete. Because if they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever you want to do, that's great. Well, you know then you're like okay but if they're like oh yeah so I had this other employee and they wanted to do xyz here's the exact project we did for them and here's how it turned out like Mm -hmm. then you have some you know Mm -hmm. if they start fumbling then you know they don't really that's probably not real but if they have concrete examples of how they've implemented that that gives you a little more confidence but you know on both sides you never know 100% to be honest so you kind of just have to read people a little bit and ask for details and the more concrete it sounds the more likely it is to be real that's amazing that's perfect everything this entire episode has been perfect you've been giving a lot of great tips and and information and feedback um to kind of no 100% yeah um to, to kind of lean towards wrapping this up, I wanted to kind of let you know personally about the shift that I decided to take. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be very kind of transparent on this call. I um yeah. this episode I um I I typically form teams and put things together relatively quickly. And with all the projects that I've been working on, um, Beyond Resume was the one that just was not clicking. Mm. Um. And I think one of the reasons is a lot of people, and you never felt, you you never showed me any of this in that first conversation we had, but I think a lot of people when I was talking to them, because the concept was, okay, I can add, there are certain questions and certain perspectives that I have being as though I have the E1B2 collective brand and the mindset. So there's certain, there's a certain nuance that I'm going to add and bring to the table that I don't think every single career coach is asking their, their, their clients to think through. There are mm-hmm. th- certain depths that I'll be able to provide that I just don't think they have enough. I don't want to say skill set, but maybe enough context to deep dive into and me being my operational background and what I'm doing, I can kind of bring that element. So the hope was that the business model would be built off three to five strategic partnerships with career coaches and allow me to add another element to, to the wrinkle and financially, I wasn't worrying about that. You know, we can we can work out the details, but I was more or less worried about the value to the employee. And so that's it didn't work from that because the partnerships, no one was interested in trying to do that. I think they felt like, I think honestly, they like once I got into like the initial conversations, they were like, oh, like yeah, I probably should. Like I feel like they like took like my my high level concepts of like depth that I was trying to go and they felt Mm -hmm. that it would just be like why would two people be on a a call or in a consultative format with their client 
when I can just listen to you give me kind of what you're thinking about, I can just do it myself. So, sure. um, and so, and, and, and even during the process, I realized like, you know what, like trying to even go about finding employees, which there's so many of them, but even finding the right employee that would actually be open to diving into the depth that I'm trying to go may be difficult. So I pivoted and I pivoted to Beyond Brand Studios. So it's a really simple concept. Everything you just talked about on the end of your amazing rant there, you were giving topics, um, giving details around questions that employees should be asking. I reversed it. And so I created a, uh, a podcast, a consulting, a consulting team. Uh, think of it like employer branding meets internal communications meets the podcasting content world where I bring on a direct report. So let's say they're looking for a marketing associate, right? So mm-hmm. let's say the CMO is the marketing associate's direct report. I interview the, the, the CMO and the founder of the company if I can get them there depending on the size, but typically, you know, I'm working with startups and small businesses. So the CEO, the leader of the company, and then the direct report, and I bring them on to a 45-minute, no-cush interview where I ask them very detailed, hard-hitting, but empathetic questions. I'll give you just one to give you an insight on to what I'm thinking of. Um, You know, for instance, you know, from a 1 to 10 – you know, where would you rate your current operations structure from your productivity standpoint? I know running a startup and new team operations can make times a little bit tough. You know, how are you guys uh, adjusting at the moment? Are there anything that new talent coming in should be aware of that would either make them more productive or red flags they should be aware of, right? I know that that's a mouthful, but that is a very direct question that Mm -hmm. they can't wiggle the way out of that. Maybe they, I guess the only way they could is they go, oh, no, everything's perfect. But knowing me, me, I'm not going to go for that. Like, (laughs) if if everything's perfect, then that means you have a $15 billion company and everything's amazing. And that's not right. Even those ones have problems, I'm sure. (laughs) And so what I did, and my rant, I finally will end it. What I did is I reversed it. Instead of, because also what I realized, back to your point throughout this entire amazing episode, is a lot of employees don't have that confidence to ask those questions and reverse it. And so I mm-hmm. said, you know what? I'm going to flip it. I'm going to make the companies provide this information in the beginning. And so the form is they, they record this episode with me and then it gets uh, formatted onto a landing page, very much like a typical employer branding agency model. It gets transcribed into a blog. And then that content gets sent via email to an applicant the second they apply to the company and Mm -hmm. so the second they apply they get this uh they get this landing page so they click the link and immediately it opens to the podcast where they can sit back over the course of 45 minutes and just listen intently around all these very deep hard-hitting questions around operations and they can hear from their direct manager about their leadership style about what to expect out of the role about how the role works about how they think about career mapping and learning and development all these things that i talked about i want i i want the employee to now kind of sit back in their bed in their car wherever they are and before they even go to an interview hear at a non-cush level the details of this so they now have something to build the conversation off of once they actually go to the interview um what are your thoughts and 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 yeah, what are your thoughts? I made that pivot just because of everything you've been saying this entire episode. 
I know that not all employees are going to be so comfortable being transparent and being um, so direct. So I wanted to put the onus on the brand. Yeah, well, that's really neat. I mean, I hope you get some takers because I think that would be really interesting for them to be able to hear from that person. Um, and, you know, more people that are out there, the better. But um, yeah, I think if they could um, get that level of insight up front, I think that's definitely a, a positive. And um, yeah, maybe even if you encouraged um, yeah, them to like even embed these kind of things within their postings, you know, just to even, I almost see you like creating a new kind of job board, you know, where it's not just the text of like, we're the best company ever and here's what we need, you know, where it's hearing the actual people talk about what the role is and what the um, questions are. So I, I hope you get takers on that. Um, for sure. I, I, my, my one honest hesitation would be, I, I know companies are, they don't always love like Glassdoor. Cause I kind of see this as like a, a Glassdoor kind of podcast, but like more from directly from the employer. So at least I guess they get to shape the messaging a little bit, but if they know you're going <laughs> to drill them, you know, hopefully they'll be um, open to, to actually jumping on and being honest and open with you but I guess that's a good sign anyway because I guess if if um I guess sorry this is just like a stream of consciousness I'm processing what you're what you're saying I have different different thoughts running but um I guess the good sign would be too if a company is willing to do that and be take that next step to be more self-disclosing then that's a good sign for people applying because they know that that companies they're willing to be honest they're willing to put themselves out there and to give more information and that, that they see it as more of a two-way street. So I think um, could be interesting for job hunters to take that into consideration of the, the company's willingness to engage in a process like that. Yeah. I appreciate the feedback. I really do. Um, yeah. There's a couple partners involved and, and we're getting going here soon. We, uh, we have a couple companies that we're in conversations of. And so, you know, and, and I'll be very transparent with you as well. Like that was a big, and it's still a big hole um, in the model itself is, you know, how do we blend empathy and compassion into the questions to not have it be such a hard hitting 60 minute type interview where they're feeling drilled, but mm-hmm. at the same time, how do we keep it pleasant and calm, but at the same time, kind of shape it like we're just curious and we're being intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. that's kind of the nice fine line and the balance that we have to walk. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, like you said, you just explained it. Like the value that the employee would get is pretty obvious. And then the value mm-hmm. the company would get is incredibly obvious. Because the questions that we're asking are, are role specific. So the, and that's another thing. The difference between a typical employer branding agency and a content model and what we're doing is that's on a macro level. These are podcast episodes that are made directly for certain roles and so Mm -hmm. if an employee listens to that is comfortable with everything they heard now they go into the interview they ask questions based off of what they heard to go down an even deeper rabbit hole then they're even more comfortable now they know what they're getting into as it pertains to decision making processes or career mapping or the ways managers kind of process information and come up with ideas and break those ideas down and execute deliver like now they're now they have a nice understanding of what they're getting into and the week or so as they get ready for their first week or two at the company they can prep themselves on how they're going to go about cuz every every employee does it every employee 
tries to find a way to prep themselves and say, okay, I'm going to go into this interview. I mean, into this job with a fresh slate, with a fresh perspective, and I'm going to try to do X, Y, and Z. Um, mm-hmm. And so now the company has an employee that is fully excited, fully engaged, fully in the know, and retention is going to spike because of that. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's, there's no hide, there's no hiding, there's no secrets, there's no surprises. Right. Um, so I appreciate that feedback. I, I, I guess from 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 here, um, please any any last thoughts, any last perspectives, any um, any uh, content that you want to plug, or any websites, or any thing you want to direct people to. Sure. Um, well, one last thought too, just as I was thinking about you know our conversation and um, talking specifically about interviews and how you get the truth out of that too. I would say, again, put yourself in the employers mindset and also you know don't just rely on that interview to get your data like I always tell people start even before you apply to stuff start talking to if possible people who work there you know and people in that role or in similar role and talking to them about what's their experience at the company because they're probably more likely to be honest and Mm -hmm. um, frank with you and so you know employers do their background checks so you know do yours too with um and and you might just you know you kind of cross validate the data and see is it all lining up so just kind of add that thought as well um as far as just getting a clear idea of what you're getting into when you're going to a company um yeah but that um exciting stuff that you're building for sure i uh, i think it could be really cool to hear directly from those employers um as far as my own stuff um you know if i have a facebook page if i wire coach um, if they want to check that out and get tips on job hunting and thoughts in that level. Um, and then my website's fivewirecoach.com just recently launched. So excited about that. So they can check that out too, if they want any more help. That's amazing. I really appreciate it. And uh, start getting on that LinkedIn content for us. Here. I know, I know. <laughs> and, uh, I will, I'm working on it. Well, maybe this will be the first one. I want you to share this. Yeah, if you can. So maybe this will absolutely. be uh, some of the, not the first content you ever made, but like some, some new content mm-hmm. to roll out there. Um, well, I appreciate this, Jessica. This was amazing. I think you did a great job of um, enduring my rants. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but I just wanted to give you some context before um, it's always best to have as much context as you can. So um, I appreciate it though. You, you've, you've brought a lot of value and, and given me a lot to think about. Yeah, well, same here. I appreciate the opportunity and that you've always given me a lot to think about, spurring me forward on, yeah, how we can solve this together. So I think it's it's awesome. Glad to be a part of it. 100%. Once this is all edited up, I'll uh, reach out to you and then maybe we'll uh, set up a call to talk a little more. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Anthony.